Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. That is Jeremiah 1.5. We have great news today in the pursuit of protecting those who cannot protect themselves. Every life has worth and value, and today we're looking at some good news in the pursuit of protecting those lives. Welcome to Church Public. Let's get started. Welcome back to Church Public. Thank you for joining us today. If you haven't already, check out churchpublic.com. Check out Church Public as a subscription on iTunes or Google or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, if you're not watching this on video, you have that opportunity. You just need to go to YouTube and search Church Public as one word and you can find me there. My name is Matt. I am a pastor for a lot of years now and now I do this ministry where I'm trying to help you connect faith and culture and figure out how you can follow Jesus in a better way and impact the culture in your day-to-day life. That is my goal. I hope this in some way helps you. If it does, go to churchpublic.com support. Again, this is all about helping you go further in your faith and putting that into practice in your day-to-day life. So, Today we're talking about life and we're talking about the value of life. As we just heard from Jeremiah, we know that God has prepared your life for you in advance. In fact, he's done that for all of us. God has known you from before you were born. He created you. He knew you in your mother's womb. He gave you your very breath and life. And this is great news. Unfortunately, there are those in this culture, a lot of people in this culture, that want to take that life away before it even has a chance to be part of this world. And that's a tragedy. And we need to recognize it as a tragedy. And as followers of Jesus, those that are called to fight for those that cannot fight for themselves, we have to step into this. And it's uncomfortable. And there are those that don't want you to talk about it. There are those that have told me as a man that I'm not allowed to talk about it because I'm not a woman. And just to be frank, that's ludicrous because we're supposed to fight for those that cannot fight for themselves. It doesn't matter if I'm a man or a woman. The child in this situation that cannot fight for themselves needs a voice for someone to speak up for them. And it doesn't matter what gender that voice is. What matters is that we speak up for those that cannot speak up for themselves. There is no more oppressed uh, person in this world than these poor babies that are getting killed by the hundreds, thousands, even millions across America and across the world every year. And, And this is a tragedy and we have to face up to this and we have to do what we can about it. Now, I also wanna say at the very beginning here, if you have had an abortion, if you know someone who's had an abortion, that mercy is yours. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 7, his very own words, blessed are the merciful. This is a terribly personal and tragic situation. And that is something that I cannot understand because I'm a man. And I completely understand that. I I completely own up to that. However, 
that doesn't alleviate the fact that we have to talk about this and, and we have to help people understand the reality of what is going on. This is not healthcare. This is not choices. This is not rights. This is life. You have no other right if you don't have life. The children that are being killed don't have life. We have to stand up for that so that they can have rights, so that they can have more chance in this world. So, well, as I mentioned, this that started off very heavy, but, but as I mentioned, this is a, a positive day. A lot of things are, are moving in the right direction in this country and in this world. A lot of things are moving in the wrong direction. A lot of things in this instance at least seem to be moving in a good direction. People are beginning to take notice of how bad this is and what they can do about it. So we're going to look at a Texas bill against abortion. This month, Texas passed a bill banning abortion the moment a heartbeat is detected. This is great news. The heartbeat can de be detected around six weeks, uh, sometimes that early. And this is fantastic news for life because this will no doubt save many lives. Um, this also allows, it's, it's an interesting bill because it also allows people, individuals, to sue abortion clinics instead of just relying on the state to enforce some of these bans and some of these rules. This is a big deal because now you, as a person, have a tool against these organizations that I believe prey on people who are desperate, are fearful, are worried about the, their choices and their lives and fall prey to a lot of the lies they're swirling around there that you'd be better off without a kid. You need to do your career before you have children. There are a lot of lies, or, or even that, that motherhood is not a gift. I mean, there are a lot of lies swirling around there, and, and we, we shouldn't stand for these. And, that, and this gives some tools to people to fight against these lies. Abbott, the governor of Texas, said Wednesday that, quote, this law will ensure the life of every unborn child who has a heartbeat will be saved from the ravages of abortion. He goes on, our creator endowed us with the right to life, yet millions of children lose their right to life every year because of abortion. In Texas, we work to save those lives, and that's exactly what the Texas legislator did this sec session, end quote. Of course, Planned Parenthood is against the bill. They called it dangerous. Planned Parenthood said, quote, we will never stop fighting back against this cruel extremism and we'll do everything we can to ensure access, access to reproductive care, end quote. It's such, I, I mean, the pot calling the kettle black is not even a clear enough example of what we can talk about here when Planned Parenthood, the biggest provider of abortions in America, says extremism is to help people not to have abortions. It's just, I, it's like a crazy, ludicrous thing. I, I, I don't even, I, I don't know how to compare this, but it seems to me that the extremism in this situation is that we're killing millions of babies. But of course, in the mind of this opposition, extremism is not killing so many babies. It's, 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 it's something. Anyway. Earlier this month, to continue on, as I mentioned, there there were more things uh, going on, and so let's let's go through a few more things before we comment on this issue as a whole. 
Earlier this month, Lubbock, Texas, approved a city ordinance that outlawed abortion within the city limits and declared itself a sanctuary city of the unborn. That makes Lubbock the largest city in America to outlaw abortion. There are 22 other cities in Texas and two cities in Nebraska, but Lubbock was the only town with an active abortion clinic. Now, this may not be enforceable until a couple of things happen. There needs to be the overturning of Roe v. Wade or some court rulings. Um, I'm not going to explain the specific court rulings right here. It gets very specific, but it is a good motion. And it's a motion that not only just individuals, not only believers, but cities are now signing up to be these sanctuary cities for the unborn and to protect the actual rights of babies to live and to be born. This is a super important issue that we've got to continue to lean into. I'll give one more and then give some thoughts about it. There is a Mississippi case going on. I believe it is Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. In Jackson, Mississippi, there is an abortion clinic. And Mississippi has adopted legislation that makes abortions illegal after 15 weeks. Now, there's, again, we talked about the Roe v. Wade decision. There's a Casey decision in 1992 that does allow states to rule abortion as illegal after, a, after the viability of a baby. Again, we talked about this on another episode, but in a lot of these, many have said that occurs at 24 weeks with current medicine and some other things. Often that can be earlier, and that's why these other decisions in Texas are so important, things like just detecting a heartbeat. And uh, we'll, we'll talk more about biological and medical things in a moment, but I just want to talk a little bit more about this issue in Mississippi. The good news is the Supreme Court has decided to take on this case. And they don't, if you didn't know, the Supreme Court doesn't have to take every case. In fact, they choose not to take a lot of cases, maybe even most cases, because they just don't have the time to deal with the majority of cases that come across all of America. I think it's great and very important that this case is being taken up by the Supreme Court because this could have impacts further down the road, again, in terms of precedent and some other things. Um, a piece of this issue in Mississippi is this is also a trigger bill, similar to the one we just read about in Lubbock. If the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, all abortion in Mississippi would then be illegal. Um, that's apparently, obviously, of course, even bigger than the issue in Lubbock. Now, this case is probably not that silver bullet that we are looking for to actually end all of abortion. And I get that. And most people get that. But the good news in all of these things is they're one step closer to more life and one step closer to removing this practice of killing babies. And so this is a really important thing. It is possible, it is possible that this court in their ruling on the Mississippi case and the connection to some other cases, it is possible they come back and overrule this Roe v. Wade, though it's probably unlikely Stranger things have happened this last year, so I, I can't even really weigh in on that. But all I can say is it's unlikely. The thing to grab from this, though, is we're moving in the right direction. These like heartbeat bills where if there is a heartbeat, you can't perform the abortion. That, that's a great idea to help life 
and save all these babies. Moving from 24 weeks even to 15 weeks, that's nine more weeks of life that we can save more babies. This is not the end. And, and sometimes it feels like we're, we're not that close, but we're getting closer and all of these things help. And hopefully even again, as there's a lot of negative peer pressure out there, right? There is a lot of, and, and we'll talk about some of the reactions in just a moment from the left and those that are in favor of abortion. But this is, it is a helpful groundswell of different people and communities and cities and even states now that recognize killing innocent babies is bad. And hopefully this groundswell continues to grow as other individuals and communities and cities and states can get on to this course and not go with the current culture. The current culture is continuing uh, the, the, the administration, Hollywood, the press, academia, they're all pushing to say that these, there are lies about women's health and about choices and about health care and all of these words that they use to avoid even saying abortion or, or other words that, that really show what this is, and this is killing innocent babies. There is no way around that. You, you can say it's a choice and my body, my choice. And you can say that you have a choice to make this decision. But in the end, the choice is, do you get to live or does somebody else get to live? And if we're using any kind of moral value, you don't get to choose if another innocent life gets to die. And we know that almost across the board. Even as I mentioned the other day, as soon as a baby is born and as soon as a mother or a father is charged with caring for the baby, if you leave the house and you leave the baby, you will go to jail for neglecting the baby. If the baby dies, you'll go to prison because you didn't care for the baby in the way that you were supposed to care for them. Everybody knows this. Everybody seems to agree with this. And yet, before the baby is born, there's some magical moral absolution that happens where all of a sudden you don't have to be responsible for a baby dying. I, I literally cannot comprehend that worldview, but the problem is this lie where now we just believe that before a baby is born, they don't have value. They're not a real life. They're just, as I've heard, a clump of cells, things like that. None of those things are true. And again, if you subscribe to any sort of biblical worldview, as I mentioned Jeremiah at the beginning, there's Psalms, there's a bunch of other verses I could quote. There's a lot of verses that I could quote about both the value of life and that life begins before birth, life begins at conception, God knew you even before you were conceived. The greatest example is probably Jesus himself, where God had a plan for a baby to enter this world. And then you have even like Jesus and his cousin, John, they are neither of them born and the moms meet and the babies kick in each other's stomachs, in, in their mother's stomachs, the babies kick. And, and, and it says the mothers were filled with the spirit and excited because they knew something was happening. This was before current medicine, this was before ultrasounds, this was before all of these things, and yet there is life clearly before birth. And yet somehow we have, uh, you could say we've missed that point. I think it's more malevolent than that. I think 
the, those in power have obfuscated that and, and lied about that and lied to you about that and made you believe that this clump of cells in a mom's belly is nothing until it's born. It's clearly a lie. That is clearly a lie. God creates this life. God grants this life. And as I mentioned before, life is the first right. Without life, there are no other rights. So we get to some of the responses. Jen Psaki, White House correspondent, um, representing the White House, representing the Biden administration, solidified their position, saying, quote, over the last four years, critical rights like the right to health care and the right to choose have been under withering and extreme attack, including uh, through draconian state laws. That was Jen Psaki's quote. Critics are fuming at this with uh, all the regular arguments that we talked about. One of the arguments came from this political director of Avow, a Texas advocate for abortion rights. This person said, quote, abortion is still legal in Texas and all 50 states, and we plan to do everything we can to protect and expand access because abortion helps our communities and our families thrive, she said. <laughs> I do find it interesting that this person uses the word thrive. She wants to help the families thrive in the context of removing babies from their lives. I, I feel like our definitions of thrive in terms of families and babies and life are a little bit different. My version of thrive would be to be alive first and then uh, talk about some of the other rights and responsibilities that you have therein. But obviously we disagree on this point. So, Ultimately, as I have discussed before, this is not even about biology. It's not about viability. It, that, that's really not what it's about. I know that is where the argument goes down to many times, but, but that's not what this is about. According to God, who formed you in your mother's womb, who had a plan for your life before you were born, who placed Jesus into the womb of a young girl to save the world? Yes, according to God, life begins at conception. This is not, life doesn't begin at viability or at first breath, as some people have argued, or whatever other arbitrary benchmark people make. Life is precious. We do not and should not kill innocents. Even in an emergency situation where the mother's life is at risk, this is an argument that's thrown around, right? What if the mother is going to die? Then can you perform an abortion? This is, it's such a false argument, and it's sad to me that people fall for this. Even in an emergency situation where the mother's life is at risk, there is a vast difference between being unable to save a baby and the difference between intentionally killing a baby. Those are really, really different things. So that's not even an argument. This mother's life at risk is not even an argument. And yet, activists have convinced you that killing babies is a right or it is healthcare or that killing babies will help your career, as I've heard many people in academia and in politics and in Hollywood say. Or that killing babies is something men, like me, cannot or should not talk about because it's a women's health issue. It's just wrong, wrong, and wrong. Those that can speak or those that cannot speak must speak. I'll say that again. Those that can speak, men, women, whoever, if you can speak, for those that cannot speak, you must speak. You have a responsibility to speak. Those that can act, for those that cannot, must act. We, 
all of us, regardless of who we are, where we come from, must protect those that cannot protect themselves. This is our duty as followers of Jesus. There is no right to kill the innocent. Even though they've claimed they found it in the Constitution somewhere, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what is in the Constitution about this. There is no right to kill innocent lives. It doesn't exist because we're not talking about documents. We're not talking about laws. We're talking about morality. We're talking about, do you have the right to kill somebody who doesn't deserve to die? No, there is no context for that. There is context for killing during war. There is context for killing during punishment. We're gonna talk about that at another time, but that's not what we're talking about clearly. How can you even say a baby deserves to die or a baby doesn't have the right to live? There is no moral context where that argument makes any moral sense. It doesn't exist. You, you, you can argue it. You can make up something to help yourself with your own choices or your own values. But to say that you have a right to kill a child, a baby, because of some issue that you're dealing with, th that is not a moral argument. It could be a selfish argument. It can be an argument because you, you want to be selfish or put yourself first or put your career first or believe that you're in some way better than God or, or more understanding than God. I mean, sure, I can see that argument. I don't think it's right. I, I think you're deluded if, if you get to that place because I don't make the rules. You don't make the rules. There is someone who does make the rules, who has been around longer than me, who has been around longer than you. I'm going to defer to the God who makes the rules. If you don't believe in God, again, I, I can't really help you. Sure, you can make whatever decision you want, but then why do you start with the arbitrary killing of babies and why don't you just kill whoever is in your life that you don't agree with? And that may sound ridiculous, and I think it does, but it doesn't sound any more ridiculous to me than just choosing to kill a baby and not choosing to kill the guy who cuts you off on the road. I mean, if you're making arbitrary morality, you might as well make the arbitrary morality that suits you the best. Otherwise, your morality has to be based on something that is not arbitrary, and therefore you can't make up your own morality. But we do this over and over again, and we compartmentalize, and we create these segments, and then we create this religion, and I would say we make ourselves gods. That's not how it's meant to be, and this is not me talking, this is not my words. Read the New Testament, read the Old Testament, read the words of God talking about this, read the words of Jesus. If you don't believe anybody else in the Bible and you think Jesus is a good teacher, read his words about this. He values life more than anything. He wept when his friends died because life is really important. And we, again, as followers of Jesus, have to protect the lives that cannot protect themselves. So to be swayed into this culture's view on life is to fall into an evil view of this world. And as followers of Jesus, we're not supposed to live in evil. We're supposed to live in good, in righteousness, in doing good things, in loving one another, loving our neighbors, especially loving those who cannot love uh, or take care of themselves. So this is our calling. This is what we're supposed to do. I hope that this is helpful for you. You can hate me if you want to, that's fine. But ultimately, I'm not really the one speaking here. This is the word of God that's saying life begins and has value at conception. Um, and God has a plan for you. He has a plan for everyone. And we have no right to end that life before God has destined it. So I hope that you can pray for 
our communities, pray for one another, pray for strength in this issue. This is a big issue right now and we have to stand up to it. We have to stand up for it. I hope you pray for your legislators, for your local leaders, for the federal leaders who are dealing with these issues because there are some who are making good choices and we need more. We need more of these leaders to make good choices that protect those innocent lives. God bless and as always, keep the faith.